Vineyard. Hello. <laughs> We're supposed to be addressing you in front of the church right now. Hey? Yeah, that would yeah. have been so much more fun. Well, listen, thanks for joining us in yet another physically distanced, but not socially distanced, uh, live stream gathering. Um, yeah, like many of you, we were hoping to be addressing you in person in our newly shared venue there in Valley View, but uh, that said, we're going to welcome people here from our home in Barnardville, eh? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought we would have a bit more sun this this afternoon, but here we are. Oh, I miss the hot heats of summer. <laughs> Missing Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, everybody, every once in a while we feel ourselves being called over there, but uh, yeah, not right now. Not right now. Well, I think we're being called in the flesh, not necessarily God called. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us. And, and listen, uh, if you got uh, comments, things that you want to write in there, we'll, we'll do our best to try and track along here. Um, I'm, you know, I'm almost scared to say that our technology is getting a little bit better, but <laughs> yeah, <don't laughs> there you go. That. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. Um, so what do you got to say for yourself? Hmm, not much. It's getting close to Christmas. Getting close to Christmas. Feeling a lot like Christmas. It is a little bit. Maybe. We were, we were running around on the road yesterday. Well, not literally. We were driving around on the road yesterday. And there was a lot of traffic out. A lot of There's people. A lot of people out. Yeah. A lot of people out doing essential shopping, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> Anyways, we still have some freedoms. Thank the Lord for that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here today. It's uh, we've been we've been invested in a, a little mini series called "Our Father's Love Changes Everything." And you know, the more I hear about what's going on and what other you know, pastors and leaders are talking about, and some of those who are on the airstreams these days, I, I think we're tracking really well. I think we're hearing God and, and uh, yeah, staying, staying on cue. Are they stealing from you? Yeah, I think that they're listening <laughs> in because if they don't... You know. <laughs> You're kidding, kidding, kidding. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And in fact, you know, uh, you know we're, all, we're all listening to one another, and when we hear good things being said, it's worth repeating, yeah. right? In our, in our opening session, we, we talked about looking to Jesus in this series. That was, the, that was our second time in, Valley, in the Valley View there where we were at the Gateway City Church meeting and corporately gathering. Mm -hmm. That was so much fun. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had an outrageously great time. <laughs> so we'll brag that up. It was fun. You can actually still listen to recordings on that on our on our and our audio or resources uh, portion of our website, uh, if you want to check that out. But uh, yeah, that first session, we talked about looking to Jesus. Um, and in it, we talked about God loving the, the world so much that he sent his son. Um, Jesus suffered death on a cross in order to save us from this powerful hold of sin and death and to turn us to himself, to ultimately pour his life into us and... You know, Jesus' Jesus' desire, why he came is, is that he wanted us to have life and to have it abundantly in here and now, even... Even amidst stuff we might not like. Yeah, like restrictions. Restrictions. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't even have to be COVID. It could be uh, lots of stuff going on in our lives that just... Yeah, lives and health issues and just yeah. so many things going on and... Um, yeah, this, this season is, as promised and delivered, actually a lot of tension for people. 
uh, relationally and otherwise. I mean, it's been, it's been a tough time. Yeah. But uh, some would say a good time. If you're an introvert, you absolutely <laughs> love this time. But ultimately, listen, Jesus came to reveal the love of the Father for us. And last week, we looked at the story uh, of the only boy of a widower. You remember that story that we read mm-hmm. last week? You're, are you, don't ask me to recap it. But Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. why don't you recap that, honey? <laughs> no, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Well, and the theme of that, that theme of the story was, is God's love. He doesn't abandon us. The father doesn't abandon us. He, and he's a, like Jesus who perfectly reflects the love of God for people, uh, for us. He's, you see him stirred by compassion for people. He's, he's drawn to the crushed in spirit. I think that's what we were sharing last week. Uh, and he's, he's, uh, he, he, he moves right in in some of, time, some of the messiest and hardest times of our lives. We, we find Jesus moving in. It's just hard in those times to quiet ourselves and listen and look for him. Um, his is a love that presses in to comfort and to heal us. And, um, you know, he doesn't want us to ever forget that. No. Yeah, so, you know, as, as friends, as brothers and sisters, uh, we've got to be continuing to lift one another up and remind one another about the goodness of God, right? All the time. All right. <laughs> oh, refocus, come on. Yeah, in fact, I would say one of the kindest things you can do as a friend is actually to tune one another up, to sometimes risk it and say the hard things. And I want it in my life. Yeah, that's why we've got one another, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're better at it than I am. I don't know. I'm learning to do it better with love <laughs> oh. and grace. And... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah well, we'll leave that one alone right now. Um, today, though, <laughs> we're, we're sort of finishing up part three of this mini-series, uh, which is appropriately called Sacred Space. Hmm. Uh, I like the name. I like the title. Um, but it's our intention, actually, to look at our response to God's love so freely given and so powerfully revealed through Jesus. Um, Our primary scriptures uh, that we're being called to share out of is found uh, out of John's gospel in the 13th chapter in verses 34 and 35. Um, But I think it's, I just, I want to set the stage just a little bit for things shared. And I promise not to go on too long. It's okay, I'll stop you if you do. <laughs> Look at that. Do you, do you see this body language right there? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> she's loosening up right now. Yeah, she's protecting all of you folks. But uh, listen, the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? Yeah, good for you. They present us with this formal outline to Jesus' reinstitution of the Passover meal. You remember that? I do. So if you go looking for it, uh, the celebration of that communion in John, you're not, you're not going to find a lot pointing to that. John, John was focused in on some things. He was filling in some, I'm not going to say some holes or gaps or anything, but he was, he was giving us a, a, a very relational picture of Jesus. In a particular, uh, it's in the 13th chapter of John's gospel that it opens up with us what is called uh, like the farewell discourses of Jesus with his disciples. Uh, it's Jesus preparing them for what's about to come. He's about to face the cross. And then on the other side of the cross, he's about to return to his Father in heaven. I love the, the word of that. He's, he's returning to his Father in yeah. heaven. You remember when we asked the question right at the beginning of this series, where did Jesus come from? 
He came from heaven. He came from his father in heaven. And he's going to return to his father in heaven. And it's in John's version of events that he presents us with this beautiful, intimate, and relational capture of the disciples, their final evening and Passover meal celebration with their teacher and their Lord. The last Mm -hmm. real time of intimacy that they're going to spend with him. And so Jesus knows this, and it's from this place uh, that there's an urgency in him to prepare his disciples for the time of his departure, right? And he does it um, knowing full well that their their boat's going to get rocked, right? Their lives are going to be turned upside down, but fear not, I've overcome. And so he's got lots of good to say uh, in that. Um, there's There's important things that he has to say to them, and... You know, the the tough thing about hard news is that you don't necessarily hear it clearly when it's being told to you. No. You know, there's a there's a rush to your heart, there's a rush to your emotions and your minds. There's all kinds of things that go through you and partly because they can't imagine their lives without Jesus, right? Without him by their side being the central figure in all of their adventure. They just can't imagine it looking any different. Um uh, but also partly because their hearts are, are fainting with the fear of things, like I said, uh, that are being disclosed. Um, but they will, they will remember. You know, he even, he says that to them. You will remember these things uh, in the days after my resurrection, basically. You're, you're going to bring, these things are going to come back to your mind. And in fact, John's gospel is written from his perspective after the fact. And maybe even after having read some of the synoptic gospels, right? You know? Yeah, a lot of times we, we don't like change. <clears throat> and we can't imagine when things are so good, how could they actually change for the better? Yeah. And uh, yeah. they can. They can. <laughs> and they did. And then they did. So I'm going to get you to, to, um, oh. to read for us. Okay, I love reading scripture. Well, yeah, read as much as you want. Tell them what you're reading from. Oh, yeah. Okay, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) If we weren't weren't on TV, I'd say, don't tell me what to do. Just edit that portion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. Okay, so as Dave has nicely printed out for me, I am going to read from John 13, verse 1 in the New Living Translation. Can I go? (laughs) You can do whatever you want. Sister, (laughs) you've got the mic. (laughs) Okay, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. What does that mean? And further. And further on in John. Oh, (laughs) You probably should have asked me that when we read this earlier. So, and further on in John. (laughs) Yeah, tell them where you're reading from. Uh, Chapter 13, verses 31 to 35, but this is in the Message Bible. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is seen for who he is, and God seen who he is in him. The moment God is seen in him, God's glory will be on display. In glorifying him, he himself is glorified, glorified all around. 
Children, I am with you for a very short time longer. You are going to look high and low for me. But just as I told the Jews, I am telling you, where I go, you are not able to come. Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah, very, you know, very often we, uh, we use this as, um, and I, I'll, I'll say it right out of the gate here, we'll use this uh, to justify our love for one another, that this is uh, God's plan that he's going to reveal. His great evangelical plan is to reveal his love through the saints. But, you know, there is a holy pause that we need to take that, that, that we must see, and that is, is that God really wants us to live out of that place of love for one another. Like, to know that I love my brother and sister freely and that they love me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's this sense of, I've got their back, they've got mine. Um, it's, it's living out of that place of joy. Uh, um, you know, think of, think of how Jesus lived out of his own joy in his relationship with his Father. Um, Jesus is, is setting the bar for us. He's setting the example of just how good life should be, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want us to miss that. And it's almost kind of like in the middle of enjoying your life with him and with one another that go figure, the world is watching. And they're saying, that's real. Like, it's kind of like watching kids, uh, you know, uh, play with toys or do make-believe. Like, they are just absolutely engrossed in yeah. what they're doing, right? And of course, we use our grandkids as a prime example all the time. I mean, they bring us so much joy. Yeah. But it is just so beautiful. And what you're particularly good at, actually, is just entering right into the imagination game with them. Even if it gets you in trouble once in a while. but <laughs> Yes, it does. Because <laughs> they love to wrestle with grandma. <laughs> um, but if we take the commandments of our Lord seriously, and this is a command, right? This is a command. Then we very plainly see that loving one another isn't presented as an option. But as an authoritative order from Jesus himself. It's like, don't miss out this. Don't miss this. You're not to miss this. This command I give you, I don't want you to miss this. Love one another. Live out of that love. You know, it's, it's fantastic. Jesus describes it as a new command, okay? Now, love, of course, it, like it's a central theme in many of the parts of the Old Testament, right? It's this central theme. It's in the third book of the Torah, Leviticus commands God's people to love their neighbor as themselves, right? Now, the newness of the command wouldn't have been that, it wouldn't have been that strange, but they are hearing it in a whole different way than they've ever heard it before, coming from Jesus. Jesus is in fact saying, I need you to hear and live out of this command in a whole different way than you've heard or experienced before. That it's like, I want you to hear this command anew. Like it's always been there, but I want you to hear it anew. And, in the, and I want you to live out of the depth and the source of love that you've seen and you've experienced in me. Now pause and think about that, my friends. 
Think about the disciples looking to Jesus and he is saying, I want you to live out this love in the way that you've seen it done and demonstrated through me. I want you to love one another the way that I have loved you. Now that is... That it reminds me of a story of... Um, and, and it would be love, but it would be worship. Mm. And um, annoying of this particular worship leader that we knew, okay. people watched and their hearts hungered to be able to be free to worship and love the way this person did. And for me, that spoke a whole lot of how we live our lives, how we love, how we demonstrate from the purest of heart. Like it was the real deal. It was a real deal. And people yeah. will sense that. And people will sense phony, but people will sense and know when yeah. you're being legit. And, and uh, yeah, so it was just, to me, it spoke a lot because I had a few people coming to me going, wow, I want to be able to do that. And that would be with love. Yeah, and how would it affect us if we watch somebody worship with tons of favor and lead people and do all the things that they do and then to come across them in a public situation where they're being cruel and unkind to people? Like, <laughs> it would, wouldn't it just fall flat on its face? It sure would, yeah. You know, it sure make yeah. you wonder. But up until this time, listen, the disciples have really, they've, they've struggled to fully appreciate what Jesus has been doing on their behalf, safe to say. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to figure it all out. Now he's telling them, I want you to copy me. After all, that's actually what the disciples are called to do uh, in, in that time, and is that they're actually called to mimic their teacher, right? Minister like he ministered. To, uh, they're called to teach what they've learned from their teacher, but they're also, uh, they're supposed to mirror everything that they've seen him and heard him say and do. Isn't it funny? Because he would be the only one we actually are supposed to mimic. Not other high-end high -end people. People that you might admire. There might be parts of them, but you ask God to develop in you who you are. Yep. But, but yet... Yeah, um, be the real you. Then. Be the real you, not the real them. But yet, be the real... And, and as Del Dallas would, Willard would say, I mean, I've been dying to use this quote for the longest time. I think I had it out there about four weeks ago. But as Dallas Willard would say, be the best version of Jesus living in you. In mm -hmm. other words, take yourself how you've been uniquely made and imagine Jesus living his life through you and be the best version of that. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, early on in this... Uh, in this chapter, Jesus fully knowing who he was and the authority that he carried in, um, he removed his robe. You remember that story? He wrapped the towel around his waist and he took some water and he went and he washed the disciples' feet. And, and then there's this question. Think of that. that. That's just gone down, right? There's, there's been a lot of things that have gone down in those... 30 verses there in John. Um, but, but that's just gone down. And he's saying, do you want to follow after me? Uh, do you want to know what the love of the Father really looks like? like? Then think of yourself as a servant to one another and serve and love people out of that place. Right? Mm -hmm. I want you to love one another the way that I loved 
you. Now just imagine that thing burning through their minds. When we look back at Jesus' life, when we look back at his entire approach to life and to people uh, and to this intimate love of the Father and his disciples, we find a pattern, don't we? We we find a, a shape, an example, and a power that comes with it that ushers in the kingdom of God and a love that, as I've been saying now for this being the third week, a love that literally changes everything. Um, The love of the Father revealed through His Son doesn't, it doesn't berate people. No. No matter who they are, right? No. It, it, It doesn't, it has no pride or arrogance to it. In fact, I would, you know, if you really want to read on on this, go to, go to, go to the message and read Eugene's uh, take on 1 Corinthians 13 about the love of God, what love looks like. But listen, love doesn't berate people. It, it has no pride. It, there's no arrogance to it. It's not about me first, but it puts others ahead of ourselves. I mean, I didn't look it up in the message, but that I've often read it out of the message and, and those thoughts are just burning in my mind as I was preparing here this morning for this message. I, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever washed somebody's feet? No. Oh. <laughs> Have I had my feet washed? Yes. Was it uncomfortable? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, it is. And yet I have also watched um, other people get their feet washed. And I think of that, I'll just give a brief description of the one where you go, whoa, you're going to wash his feet? That's, they're dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Because he basically lived kind of on the streets a bit. But healing happened. A broken toe healed at that moment. And well, I figured that's where we were going with this. <laughs> but but yet, but yet I, I think there's a washing of feet as God directs you to wash feet, right? God yeah. will put it on your heart. So that was our friend Morgan, who we have told yeah. a number of stories about. Just amazing man, be, become man of God. Actually, uh open to Jesus when we first met him, but not a believer, not a follower, but he just started showing up, started joining us in church. He was invited. He was, uh, he belonged, as we would say, he belonged before he believed. And yeah, yeah, lived in a bivy sack out in the bush and had broken his toe one day, his big toe while he was, while he was working. And uh, he came to the Bible study and they were praying for his toe to get healed. And it was your sister, actually, that yeah. got this brainiac inspiration from the Holy Spirit that said, we need to wash his feet. So they washed his feet, and they, yeah, they, were, they were pretty, yeah, hadn't been washed for a while. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And at the end of the prayers, he, he stood up on his toes like a ballerina. Yeah, he did was a pirouette, healed. Absolutely healed. <laughs> amazing, amazing story. And then, the, of course, the funny part of that story is that uh, he went away that week, and while he was working again, he hit that same toe, toe with, with a sledgehammer, with a sledgehammer, and and broke busted it again. again. <laughs> Came back to the group, and they wouldn't even pray for. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, should have done anything. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but but in in all that story. is 
with feet washing, it's it, it, for many it is a like a ritual. Like yeah. we, let's do it. Um, yeah. But um, I think it's really important if God is saying to do that. Yeah. He's going to meet you there. Yeah, and and what a great picture of the love and power just beautifully moving, right? To lead someone to Jesus. And uh, yeah, just wonderful demonstration of love. Yeah, washing feet. Um, like it's kind of crazy and intimate and humbling all rolled up in one. I, I confess to feeling a little horrified at at doing a feet, going to a feet washing ceremony. You think that's no big deal until you're like put in the position to do it. And it's, it's quite interesting. It's very humbling, both sides of it. Pride, but what Jesus is basically saying to the disciples and showing them what he's doing as the master. Uh, and he's saying, look, you're not better than the master. If the masters can do this, you can do this. Mm -hmm. If you want to follow me. But he's saying, look, pride has no place in demonstrating the kind of love that Jesus calls us to and to walk out, right? Um, the love of our Father has, that was demonstrated through His Son and that we are now being called to live out is not boastful. Uh, and it is entirely about serving and loving the other person, right? Mm -hmm. You know, God give us an ability to see people as you see them. Yeah. Um, now that's the badge that God invites the Christian community, all of us, to carry, to wear and carry in front of a watching world. The world is watching. Listen, world is watching us through the pandemic. And uh, they've <laughs> that's actually pretty scary. It's, it's not great. And in other situations, it is great, but it's... <laughs> but we won't go into any of that. Yeah, we're going to leave that alone. Yeah. But, I, you know, like the world is watching and this is the hallowed ground that we're all being called into to encounter the, the presence of, of God himself. Like God dwells in these places. Um, it's in that sacred space that we've, as we've entitled today's message, that God invites us to come. And it's in that sacred space that a fellow by the name of Pete Scazzaro references in his teaching from emotionally healthy spirituality. In his book, In, in the Daily Office, Pete pres presents the teaching of a, of a Jewish theologian, a guy by the name of Martin Buber. And Buber, I mean, he, he passed away from this world about five years after I was born. <laughs> Back in the 60s, Buber um, argued that it's, in, the mo it's in, the, in, the, in these places, in our routine interactions, that we tend to treat people sometimes as objects or as, as a means to an end, to something that I want to get. Or a uh, project. Or Yeah, we can treat people as a project, that's right. Something, yeah. something we do to... Uh, achieve some kind of goal instead of seeing people themselves as they truly are mm -hmm. and as, as God sees them and seeing them through, like I said, through that, that lens of God's love for them. Buber describes it, that relationship that we have with people. When we're operating out of that, we're operating out of an I and it relationship where we're treating people like it's not. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah, and instead Buber 
uh, shares that the healthiest and most mature relationships between humans are marked by an I and a you relationship, right? Mm. And so um, true relationships only exist when two people are willing to connect through their differences, right? And actually see one another through this I and you lens. Buber goes on to, to assert that God inhabits, and I love this, he inhabits that space, that in-between space of you and I, right? You can, you can think of it metaphorically, but it's this, God inhabits the space of us coming together. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, he promises what? To be there. Yeah, so it is yeah. it, to be present, right? God isn't just seen in the, in the, isn't, isn't just seen in the genuine connection between the two persons, but he is actually literally penetrating the space between them. He's here. He's, he's mm. pulling them together. He's bringing love. He's bringing unity. He's, he's, he's exchanging his impression about one another to each other. Um, we're seeing one another through a different light, appreciating one another through a different lens, just like we're doing right now, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. We've said that this has been actually kind of a cool exercise, the two of yeah. us doing this together. Um, but that's what this coming together creates, this sacred space. So the, the core tenet of, of Buber's life work, all of it rested in this assertion that I and you relationships between people actually intimately reflect the I and you relationships that we have with God. Hmm. You know, that gets us back to the core issue of the questions that, the, you know, that the religious people and the legal experts were asking Jesus, what are the, what's the greatest command, right? right? What are the, and Jesus, you know, goes on to talk about this, this love that you would have for God, but that you would also have for one another. Like, and then he goes on mm -hmm. to say, like, all of the prophets in the law, they hang on these two things. As we've said to you before, this love that God invites us into, this, this walk of faith is a, is a walk into relationship with God and with one another. And he wants our love of one another to reflect our love that we have for him. Mm -hmm. He wants, you know, he says, you know, you see the love that that we're walking in, I want you to enjoy that same love uh, with this person here. Even this person who you might have a lot of differences with. Listen, wherever, if those differences are great, listen, my grace is even greater, you know. And, you know, if you're having a real tough time loving um, somebody or having a problem, invite the Holy Spirit to come in and change your heart. Sure. <laughs> You might find out that you're the problem, not that. Oh, more than likely, it's us. <laughs> Real relationships uh, that stretch us to love as Jesus loved, they bear traces of our relationship with the, the eternal you, with the eternal God. It's, mm. it's, it's what he calls us to. Um, this is why we are so, we so often, you know, uh, experience and touch on sort of the supernatural power of God's kingdom when we listen deeply to someone other than ourselves. Like Morgan that we talked about earlier on, he was so different than us. I mean, he was from a different country, right? Yeah. 
Scotland, I think he was from, yeah. right? He had quite a testimony, so different than us. But, but we were so, I'm, the church was smitten with this guy. We, he just was, we, were, we loved him before. Yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't have all of that much in common, except that there was this Well, there was a, a drawing. drawing. There was a drawing to one another, yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, uh, he was loved before he said yes to Jesus. There was just, <laughs> he didn't stand a chance. <laughs> when we choose to act, though, out of that selfless love that Jesus commands, God's presence is manifest. We experience the presence mm -hmm. of God in these places. It's like Jesus is on it and he says, this is good. And you, you know when Jesus is present and on something. Yeah. And when he's, he's not. backing off because he's, <laughs> that's the, bo the bonus of the Holy Spirit convicting us and of both his goodness and his correction. First um, John 4 verse 9 and uh, this John writes, God's love has appeared among us. God sent his only son into the world that we should love through him. Uh, go ahead and read uh, like the fourth chapter of First John, and uh, it's it's just this wonderful uh, exploration of the love of God and what we're commanded to do and called to do. And uh, I forget how many times, like more than a dozen times, the word love is brought up in these mm. these few verses. It's it's brilliant. The purpose of our lives is not about doing more things for God. It's not even about fixing people. But people, listen, as you said, what did you say? People are not, they're not objects. Projects. They're not, yeah, they're not objects, they're not projects. Uh, they're not obstacles to be overcome. Like, like, yeah, God keep us from looking at people like projects. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. have you ever felt like a project with somebody? Oh, yeah. How did that feel? Not good, you no. Know. It, it doesn't help the trust factor in that person. Yeah, 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 I would, yeah, it doesn't feel good. Uh, maybe some of you have felt like a project. <laughs> maybe we're touching on something there that needs, that God wants to touch and just encourage you with. Um, I, I guarantee, though, he wants to just touch you with love. Even, mm -hmm. even, even where maybe that brought hurt. Um, but it's, it is about, listen, this life is about simply and freely loving people the way that God loves us. Right? That, you know, as I, th I said at the opening of this series, like that, that, this is, that's freedom, right? Uh, I, I was talking about the freedom that God expressed from the cross, from the cross, like, expressing with the with almost his final breath and it was painful for him to breathe but it you know i keep seeing that picture of jesus trying to push himself up on the cross to catch his breath and to pronounce his father's forgiveness over the soldiers who had done this to them over the the religious people and others who were you know who were just who had nothing good to say to jesus on the cross right um and him just expressing the love of the Father towards them. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. That, that kind of love, that expression of love is, it's a picture of absolute freedom, right? No matter what happens, 
I'm going to live in this place of love towards others. I still remember when we were first Christians and quite naive to a lot of things. And our pastor at the time, which was a good friend, used to say to me often, oh my goodness, Debbie, I have to step away from you because lightning bolts are going to come down and zap you right now because of some of the <laughs> things I'd say. But she'd say it in love. And, uh, but it made me think, and actually, even sometimes when I pray with people <laughs> or come alongside, I think, wow, I get what you were talking about. But I also love still what, um, I think it was John Fett, Sanford and Elijah House says, you know, that God loves you just as he are, you are and, um, and is excited about what healing the unbelieving parts or growing. I can't remember that statement. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's excited about healing those other parts of us yeah. that are still broken, right? Which, guess what? Us, yeah. He uses us to come alongside and to be Jesus and love people that are actually yeah. sometimes aren't lovable. Really? Yeah. No. no. Sometimes <laughs> I'm not always lovable. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll take that, to, take that to sleep tonight. That's awesome. God is all over this. He's all about us freely loving people the way that God loves us. And, and, and giving everyone we encounter an opportunity to taste heaven and earth through us, through our mm -hmm. lives. I, you know, Morgan again. I, did, I didn't yeah. realize we would, we would touch on him, but I really believe that Morgan experienced that love in our community, yeah, in I that vineyard so. community there in Campbell River. It was a, that was a particularly brilliant season, actually. Yeah. A hard season, as I remember it, but a brilliant season. Well, and, and, you know, listen, when people experience that kind of love and they taste heaven and earth, then they can choose Jesus for themselves, right? You don't have to, you don't have to push them into it. You don't have to make them jump through the hoops. They, they simply want what Jesus is offering them. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a great way to, what a great way to come into the kingdom. I think. I think it's a good idea. Listen, uh, our Father's love changes everything. And um, I'm always amazed at the way that, you know, that God treats me with such patience and such compassion. Um, he treats me like his child, his very own, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think of my own child I mean I just I want the best for them right yeah yeah and I want them to see that for their lives um you know may it be our prayer that father would you help us to do the same for others um, um would you keep us uh, lord from the temptation of treating anyone uh, as an object as a project uh or, or as something, as something or someone to be overcome. Like, you know, what he, what he, can he keep us from that, right? Yeah. Um, and as we've often said, Lord, you know, uh, and especially in this time, can you help slow us down? Can you help slow me down so that I don't miss the invitation to enjoy your presence with someone? Because it's pretty spectacular, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And they're usually in the hidden places, the hidden times. They're not, 
on stage fronts. They're not out there for the, everybody in the world to see. They're just, you know, in our day-to-day -day interactions. Um, and yeah, like, Father God, will you help us to see people from a place of your Father's love and compassion? We did an exercise a number of years ago, and and it's, it's sort of, it's a foundation for why we've even gone to this little mini-series again. Our Father's love changes everything. Uh, but that's something that was birthed out of our earliest years here in the vineyard. I just feel like crying. <laughs> oh, good. Well, yeah. <laughs> well I, don't know where the, I don't know where the Kleenex are. You can use my shirt. Um, but, you know, from, the, from very early on, I, I remember having this conversation with the fellowship, right, uh, on a Sunday morning uh, when we were allowed to gather. <laughs> uh, and I remember asking the question, because I, I, I kind of knew where we were going, but I, if you, you know, if you were standing at a bus shelter uh, in amongst a crowd of people, many of whom you don't know at all, and you overheard them talking about your church fellowship, and I said specifically mm -hmm. our vine Vineyard Church Fellowship, you overhear them talking about you. What is the one thing that you want them to say about you uh, that they've come to understand? And uh, do you remember their answer to that? Yes, that we love well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that they recognize that we loved well, um, that we'd be known for our love. Yeah. That hasn't changed, folks. At hasn't changed on these two hearts. Um, I, I believe that we see that in action in many different ways amongst our fellowship. And we, when we see it in one another, we need to call it out. And yeah. um, when we see need, uh, you know, may God just give us grace to be the ones that are, are reaching out without a big parade, without a lot mm -hmm. of hoopla, right? Yeah. But just reaching out. And that's the nature of love is it's just quietly and beautifully at work all around us. And that's what we're called to. That, you know, is a, that is a, an ethos, a, a staple and a foundation of what we want to be known for. And quite frankly, it's what God has beautifully called us to. The whole church. The whole church. <laughs> all of us. Um, we shouldn't be surprised that the, the letters, many of the letters, <laughs> uh, the late letters to the church, to the early church, are talking about having the same kind of love for one another. So obviously the church has, <laughs> they're trying to work this out still. Even with the, the Holy Spirit coming in power and all kinds of wonderful things going on. Yeah. But they're also letters that are written to people that are going through um, their own persecution, their own hardships, and all kinds of things. Lots is being stirred up in their lives, just as it's being stirred up in our lives today. Let's turn to the Father, let's turn to His love, and let's turn to one, one another in love. Yeah, sounds Amen? good to me. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> that's it. I, that was, that's what we had to share on, on this, and uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and one, one thing I do have, I just want to say too, if yep. you're in a situation or you're in a conversation and you find your heart and soul is not at peace, yeah. then ask Father to show you why. Um, because we should, in our conversations about each other, about our 
you know, our politicians, all those guys. Uh-oh. I'm not yeah. going there. Good. But, Let's not go there. But I just want Pray to say, if you, find, if you find that there's unrest and, and non-peace there, then ask the Father to yeah. show you. And, and because we even, you know, we just need to operate out of love and peace. And we pray hmm. for those. God will quicken your heart to say, you know what? You're feeling that I'm peace uh, for a few reasons, but one may even be because I want you to pray your blessings on them and just pray for them. Absolutely. So, and not against nope. them, but for mm. them. Yeah. Yeah, that probably was caught in real time. <laughs> <laughs> you saw me jump just a little bit there. Uh, I just have this thing that goes on with me. It's a, just a tidy little reminder from the Holy Spirit that sort of shoots through me like electricity that says, yeah, you're onto something here. That's my heart. That's my heart. Yeah. So pray. You know, absolutely, this is a season that we need to be praying. And pray for those who despitefully use you. like, And yeah. be set free. Like, absolutely be set free uh, to enjoy the love and the joy of our Father. Amen? Amen. Listen, uh, if you've got some things that you absolutely, or even in the most minor way, need prayer for, will you please contact us? Uh, contact your friends. Call Contact people around you and circles around you. Get them praying for you, with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, if this has stirred up anything in you that you need to go to your brother or sister about, then, yeah, pray about it. <laughs> and then ask your father what he wants you to do with that. Yeah, right? and, and if you want to, I mean, right now we're kind of have to be careful how yep. much we go to people's houses. But we have telephones and we have Zoom. That yep. um, It's amazing. We had a, a prayer time on Zoom and it was just like, wow, this is kind of like we're in the same room. It works. Yeah, so it doesn't work. Zoom FaceTime, works, guys. Zoom, listen. It, it, just the hug part doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah. Passing of the Kleenex doesn't work. But the, the love of God works through Zoom. I and, can testify to yeah, that. Yeah, and this whole thing about sacred space that we have between us, the relationship between us, my whole prayer through this week as I've been thinking about this leading up to this particular um, end in our series is that it's been an invitation for God to come and fill this space in it, that it would actually, that he would make himself bigger. And, be, in, and especially because of the difficulties that we're experiencing now in our ability to be proximate with one another. Uh, you know, Jesus, will you just come and fill the space in between us? Would you increase your your sacred presence amongst us and yeah and and bring that bring that love and unity that only the spirit can bring yeah yeah thanks for being a part of things today yeah um, yeah it's been it's been great spending time with you mm -hmm. it's been great spending time with you huh? oh you too <laughs> <laughs> anyways love you folks have a, an amazing amazing uh, rest of your day love you love you Bye for now. Bye.